Let us pray. Lord, we come before your very presence. We come to rest in your hands, to feel your strength, your warmth, your comfort, your assurance for our lives, for our future, for our hope. Thank you for your word that we have today to hold on to, to focus on, to concentrate. Lord, I pray that it's your word and your spirit that continues to move and work on us. Set my voice aside, Lord. Work on me that all who hear may hear you. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week, Angela talked about decisions in the children's moment. Remember what mask to wear. And Kevin in the sermon talked about the mind. So that got my mind to be thinking about decisions. How often do we change our minds? How many times a day do we find ourselves changing our minds? What to wear, what to buy, what to eat, where to go. Sometimes it's a more monumental decision like what type of career to pursue or what school or college to go to. I talked to an old childhood friend yesterday. She was probably one of the biggest state fans I knew and one of my arch Ole Miss state rivalries. She called two years ago to say that her son was attending Ole Miss. I couldn't help but smile and get pretty excited, and she was very gracious. But yesterday I found out he's transferred to state. He wasn't happy, and now he finds himself in a better place. So I'm happy for him. I am, and know that he'll have a successful career. You know, the average person in their lifetime changes careers up to seven times and jobs up to 12 times every day due to some events of which we can control and some of which we can't. We find ourselves facing decisions and often change our mind. It's part of being human. It's part of learning. It's part of growing. I don't know about you, but I feel like we've had to change our minds a lot lately about worship, about school attendance, about going out to eat or not, or trips or travels or reservations or family gatherings or special celebrations. You know, I wonder, I wonder, did God ever change his mind? All we have to do is look in the Old Testament. Remember Jonah 3? You remember God changed his mind not to destroy Nineveh? In Exodus 32, God changes his mind and stops a planned punishment of the people who had disobeyed him. In Amos 7, we learn that God changes his mind about another intended judgment. What causes you to change your mind? What causes God to change his mind? In today's scripture from Jeremiah 18, we encounter the prophet Jeremiah, who's called by God to go to the potter's house. God has a lesson for him. 
Perhaps God has a lesson for us. Join me as we read together in the Old Testament prophets toward the center of your Bible. Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 11. Let us hear God's word together this morning. Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Come down, come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hands, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if the nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil... I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doing. This is the word of God for us, the children of God. Thanks be to God. We have to change our mind to change our life. We have to change our mind to change our life. I'm sure you've read it. It's in the news everywhere that COVID cases are rising everywhere. There's different hypotheses to what's contributing to this that one I see over and over is that people are fed up and tired of not doing things the way they have done them in the past and are doing them regardless. People's minds, people's lives have not been changed. What's been shaping your mind over the past six or seven months during the pandemic? Who's been shaping your mind during this current political season we are in? What will shape your mind in that which we face in the future? I really like pottery. I have several pieces in, from places and people of significance. I, I thought about bringing them, but uh, I didn't know where I could put them and didn't want them to break. And again, which ones do you choose and highlight from them? We see the finished product of a pottery, but do we really know the process the potter goes through to create such beautiful objects? Kim began to touch base upon what it takes to create a piece. It all begins with the clay. It's not just that clay that's below our grass or in our flower beds around our houses or in our yards. It's clay that comes from deep underground, and once it's dug up, it must sit out for weeks. It's then dumped into a cement-lined tank or a wooden trough and covered in water. 
When the lumps are softened, they are stirred into the water until all have disintegrated. And this thin, slimy mud is formed. It sits for another six months before it's ready to be used. And the longer it sits, the more improved it becomes. The clay then is cleaned and processed and placed on a table. And it's beaten with a wooden mallet by the potter. You know why the potter beats it? To remove the air bubbles that might be trapped in the clay. If they don't take time to get rid of those air bubbles, then the, the vessel might form a weak spot, cause it to become fragile, maybe even crack and be unusable. The clay then is placed on the wheel and is formed by the potter's hands. It's never out of contact with the potter's hands as long as the wheel is turning. The potter is in constant control, molding, shaping, turning this vessel into something they have dreamed. If the potter were to ever remove his or her hands, the clay would spin right off the wheel and be lost. Because the potter's hand is resting on the lump of clay, the potter then can often see whether there are flaws in the clay. As long as the clay is moldable and pliable in their hand, the potter will reform it until he or she is able to produce a vessel that is satisfactory. What's the next step? The oven. The vessel is then placed in the oven and the temperature must be so hot it burns the impurities out of the clay and creates this new bonded substance. Too much heat, too fast, it cracks and falls apart. But the potter knows just the right degree to set and how long it must be in the oven. We know the imagery. We've heard this story for years we are the clay and God is the potter. In Israel's case, in this passage this morning from Jeremiah, Israel is the clay and God is the potter. This is a message that probably came about 600 B.C. or sometime in that area. Before the fall of Jerusalem, God, through Jeremiah, is warning the people of Israel of the destruction that is coming. But once again, the people don't listen. Israel was in a spiritual crisis. This nation that belonged to God, that was blessed by God, that now had forgotten God. God was no longer at the center of their lives. God took a back seat in their lives. But God was not going to sit idle while the people go after other things to replace Him. I think we're in a spiritual crisis. Let me say that again. I think today, this time, we are in a spiritual crisis. We are being molded by things that we have never been affected by or faced before. Where has God's hand been for you? Where has God's hand been on you? One thing that this pandemic has done is shaken the status quo. For some, it's drawn them closer to God. For others, it's made God less important. I guess it's all in what or who has been shaping us. But I believe there's hope. I can't believe that you here this morning and those who come at 11 and watch at our next service... At least some part of them wants to be shaped by God. Or we wouldn't be attending or seeking or wanting or desiring God's presence. 
We seek assurance. We want a solid base, but it seems like we often find ourselves in a wooden trough covered by water turning into thin, slimy mud. I guess that could be good if we're willing to be shaped by God or not so good if we're being shaped by the world. We keep facing the same decisions, often making the same mistakes, and our options and even our patience is running thin. We're tired. We want to throw up our hands and quit trying. On a more personal level, Maybe we've been covering up these bubbles of impurity, but things are getting hot, and our places of weakness are exposed, and we're beginning to see the cracks. Can you relate? Can you relate? If only we had something or someone to rid us of those impurities. Or maybe you're like clay that's been sitting out too long. You feel all dried up. The craziness of the world has tossed you back and forth and back and forth. You feel worthless, confused. God's nourishing spirit is not flowing through you like it used to. Your soul's more like a desert rather than experiencing peace like a river. Too often... We try to make ourselves ready. We try to mold ourselves before we come to God. But God wants to take us where we are and he will make us ready and shape us into his image once again. Let me repeat that. Too often we try to form ourselves and shape ourselves. Too often we try to prepare ourselves and get us ready to meet God, to be in God's presence. But God wants to take us where we are and he'll make us ready and then shape us into his image once again. When the nation of Israel was wandering from God, God didn't stand back and say, that's okay, take your time, I'll be here when you're done. He sought to bring them back. God wanted to bring them back to himself. And I believe God wants the very same thing for us today. We can't afford to wait till this pandemic is all over to come back or to reconnect to God. We must act now. We must act now. How is God shaping you? If not, Something in the world is. After a while, clay that's been sitting out has to be thrown away. But with God, it's never too late. Martin Luther said, God then is, for, is more earnest for me to be saved than for I am to be saved. Sometimes we take our salvation into our own hands hoping that something we do will just bring us closer to God. Or sometimes we think it just doesn't matter. It does. It does matter. God can and sometimes does act and react based on our responses and our actions. Let me be clear. We can't save ourselves. But God sure is open to our responses.
You know, it's interesting when these instances that I read and we see that God changes his mind. When he changes his mind, it's not to bring judgment. His change of mind is for the betterment of his children. This is what happened to the people in Nineveh and Jonah. Jonah wasn't real excited about it. But the people tore their clothes, put on sackcloth, and repented. And God did not carry out the judgment he had predicted. The Hebrew people in Exodus saw their wrong ways and changed. Those to whom Amos spoke heeded the warning and changed their ways. In response, God changed his. And the same is true for us. Now, I'm not implying in any way that this pandemic is judgment. Please hear that clearly. I am not saying that at all or implying that. But God gives us freedom. And we call it free will. During this time of pandemic, we cannot remain the same. When we decide we want to be changed for the better, God will change us. That should be a relief. The pressure is off. We don't have to do the molding and the shaping. We have just have to be willing for God to shape us. He's the potter. We're the clay. One of the most powerful images in this text today that Jeremiah saw at the potter's house was when the potter was forming the clay and it didn't turn out right. What did he do? He didn't throw the clay out. He reshaped it into something that was pleasing. Have you ever tried to make pottery? I think I would like to try, I guess, but I know it would quickly get frustrating and tired and take a lot of time and patience to make it work. I think I'll leave it to the experts and enjoy the products that they make. We can't go through life trying to form ourselves or shape ourselves alone. Something will shape us. Something will shape us. The world or God? Let's leave it up to God. God's plan for our lives and those who we love will turn out okay if we place our lives, their lives, into his hands. You ever heard of John Newton? You know who John Newton is? He was a ship slave trade operator in the mid-1700s. Very inhumane works and practices. His life was not an example for others to follow. Newton's tombstone reads this. John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. But there's something of a far greater witness and testimony that outlives Newton in a most famous hymn. You know what that hymn is? Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. To us grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first 
believe. Through many dangerous toils and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. That's what God awaits to do for each of us. We just need to change our minds to change our life. And we can start by asking God to shape us. Let me close with this poem by Irenaeus from the 2nd century. It's titled, From God's Hands. From God's hands, it's not you who shaped God. It's God that shapes you. If then you are the work of God, await, await the hand of the artist who does all things in due season. Offer the potter your heart soft and tractable, and keep the form in which the artist has fashioned you. Let your clay be moist, that you may not grow hard and lose the imprint of the potter's fingers. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that no matter what we face, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how dry or hard we may feel, that you still desire to mold and shape us into your image. Forgive us for the ways, the times, the places, the things that don't reflect you very well. And Lord, help us to surrender those to you. But help us to surrender our whole selves. That in so doing, Lord, we say, here I am, shape me. Here I am, mold me. Here I am, use me. Lord, we can't do it alone. Thank you for being with us. In your name. Amen.